This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it, Brittany? My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Alright, so I hope that no kids are listening to this that are under the age of 12 or 13, so hopefully they're not. You said you, you went to CVS to buy stuff for Elf on the Shelf? I.e. you're going to you're going to get crazy with Elf on a Shelf, Kava? Well, I, I kind of get crazy with Elf on a Shelf because it gives me something to do. I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you a couple pictures. Like this was, this was Are today. Are these inspirational pictures of, of what you're going to do or this is what you just did? No, this was today's. I, I just sent it to, to you. And then the second one was yesterday's. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. Here they are. Yeah. All right. So what we're looking at here is a bunch of candy containers. Elf on the shelf is in the candy container. No, shoveling. That's, that's a that's a fake elf on the shelf. Elf, the actual elf on the shelf. Look up on the top. He's got all the M and M's. They're stealing all the M and M's. And they <laughs> being Woody's involved. Else is involved. Um, shit. Who's the robot guy? Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. I'm going to lose my American citizenship for not knowing that. Um, That's hilarious. And then here's the other one. They're all all sitting around a table playing blackjack. (laughs) Or poker. Sorry, again, I'm going to lose my American card for not even knowing what card game that is. Yeah. The best part is Daryl sends me text. Daryl's sending me texts about how much he hates doing it when he's just full of shit and he loves it. He's like, every morning, I guarantee you, he's getting up earlier than normal to sketch out his, his elf and shelf plan. Well, I don't really need to get up early because, because Coco doesn't get up early. So I could literally leave it in place until like 9 30, 10 o'clock and still be well within my timeline to make this happen. But I get up early and drink my coffee, and it just gives me something to do while I'm drinking my coffee along. It certainly does look like you thoroughly enjoy putting it together. 
this year I kind of slacked a little bit up front, like the first couple days of the year. But like I've done parachuting, I've done rappelling with these guys. Like I, I get a little crazy with it every once in a while. Nothing like a Marine Corps sergeant major that um, takes on Elf on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, and it makes her it makes her smile. So she knows I'm doing it. I mean, it's not like oh, she does. Oh hell yeah, Coco's twelve years old. She totally okay. knows I'm. Doing it. She just likes to see what what the next day is gonna. You know, it's fun for her. So, do are we like escalating Christmas Eve? Is Christmas Day the elf is gone, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Christmas Eve is like the like the the coup de gras, right? This is like the final time that he's around. What have we got in store for the coup de gras? I don't know. I play. I honestly, I play it by ear every time. Every morning, it's I gotta get up be big. It's gotta be like that. massive. Um, well, Kirsten's trying to get me to do a car accident. She really, I don't know why, but she really wants me to do a, an accident where they're all in cars and they all crash and there's bandages and, and all kinds of, I don't know why, but that, that's the one she keeps trying to get me to do. So I'll probably pull that one off on, on Christmas, on Christmas Eve. Well, welcome to the roundup again, Carver. Thanks for pinch hitting, um, as usual. Cody slacked on trying to find a guest today and just sent you, hey, you're on the roundup tonight, round, uh, Carver. At least he gave you how many hours of notice today? Oh, I had a day. I had a day and a half, right? A day? It's amazing. Yeah. But see, I have 30 the, hours. I have the access to all the roundups anyway, so I just, I, I normally read the articles anyway. So you're always prepped, always ready. Well, we no, like that. I'm not. I'm, I won't. I won't lie. I'm not always prepped or ready. So, <laughs> hi Schmidt. You're doing okay. Getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, I want to get into detail about why we don't have a roundup guest this week, but that would uh, lead to me expressing opinions that you would be pissed off at me about. So, yeah, no, I'm having a great Christmas in Texas right now with uh, at the in-laws' house. Um, just had a great, uh, meal, played some ping pong today. It's been good. That's great. That's great. Um, I was telling Carla that unfortunately I am going to be home alone at Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas day, uh, still testing positive for COVID and, um, hopefully I'll be done. I'll have, I'll have my 14 days quarantine done. So I'll check that box, but who knows? I may test positive for months. <laughs> Based on all the research I'm test, um, I'm seeing. So, at least we're going into show season with massive immunity, super immunity, as I as I've under, as I understand. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a good deal. I think that's the best immunity possible, at least in my opinion, is to have had it. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, well, Merry Christmas to everyone who is listening to this podcast. We're dropping this on Monday, post-Christmas. We hope you've had an amazing Christmas with your families. Uh, we hope you celebrated a little bit in the outdoors. It's a great time to be outside. Duck hunting uh, is obviously strong in this time of the year, as well as classic white-tailed deer hunting. Um, I hope to do some myself, actually. So um, it is... Uh, we're going to do some admin. We know there's a lot of people that are just joining us for the first time. We typically have a guest that comes to us um, on a roundup. We also use the roundup as a means to sort of address some super controversial topics as people have uh, gotten to know us about. Uh, that is more just like in the here and now. So, for example, uh Cody was trying to get a different guest on tonight. I was actually trying to get a guy who is the district biologist in the, for Colorado Game and Fish uh, that was dealing with the first confirmed uh, cattle kill from wolves in the state of Colorado. Um, we did get an email back, but they are forwarding all public notices to their public information officer, which makes sense. Uh, so one of the other people that were trying to get uh, is a guy called Steve Wooden, who is the president of the Cattlemen's Association, who's been on all of the press releases. So we use the Roundup as a means to sort of engage some very, very current event topics that are happening in our hunting uh, communities world 
and have some very straightforward, amicable, respectful conversations and discussions with people. Uh, we're not afraid to have anybody on the podcast. We're not afraid to have anybody's opinion on the podcast. Uh, and we like the fact that we give people the opportunity to speak. And that is something that is, uh, I think, is missing in today's society, right, Carver? The ability to let someone speak and speak their opinions and perspectives. And you may not agree with them, but amicably listen to them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I think, you know, if there's one thing our society has shown itself in the last, you know, two years with this whole COVID thing and, you know, um, some of the issues politically that have gone around is is you can't have your own opinion, it seems, anymore, right? You're always mm -hmm. offending somebody. And so, you know, I think what happens, unfortunately, is people – people are, are hesitant to express how they feel about things or, you know, their beliefs in certain things. Cause you don't know where you're going to start taking, you know, face shots from, from even family and friends or in the media or, you know, on social media nowadays. So yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's tough to have a, a, an opinion on anything nowadays without expecting to get shots across your bow. Yeah. And I think that's what we love about the platform we built at Blood Origins is that we respect people's opinions. And we respect people's perspectives. We're going to ask questions about them, and that's okay. You're allowed to disagree with someone amicably, um, and 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 again, just listen to them. So uh, that's what we do at the roundup every week. Uh, we have two other episodes that drop every week on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Those are typical one-on-one -on -one discussions with people, in which we just say to folks, uh, we don't really do the typical, "Hey, this is Joe, and welcome." Joe and let's listen to Joe's story, but rather we like to have hard-hitting discussions and topics on topics in the hunting community, as well as other interesting uh, discussion bits with people from around the world, both non-hunters and hunters, and we've had a couple of vegans on too. Um, we also have a couple of things that we like to to talk about in the beginning of a roundup. We call it sort of the admin section and. Um, we have various ways because Blood Origins, if you didn't know, Blood Origins is a 501c3 nonprofit in the United States. And we need funding to continue to do what we do. And uh, we need you to help us and support us in doing what we do. So we have various mechanisms for you to engage on that front. Uh, the first is a supporters program. A supporters program is a very simple mechanism that we really we, we pondered and thought about how we would raise some funding, some base funding from people who like what we do. And so we created the supporters program. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, $3 a month, $4 a month, $5 a month, you support us in doing what we do every single day. For instance, two weeks ago, we put out a video about a public land access issue that was happening in the state of Mississippi, got phenomenal traction. You guys shared the heck out of it. And you guys commented the heck out of it. The Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks received the most comments they have ever received ever on a proposed regulation. 1,019 comments against a buffer being put on public land versus 53 comments for the buffer. And that was all due to you being able to share what we had posted. And the only way we could post that is because of your support. So if you decide to help us, you're obviously helping us do what we do, but you also get thrown into a giveaway, a sweepstakes every single month of 10 to 12 items from hunts to camo to gift cards to bipods to you name it. We have it in the, in the supporters program. We have about 60 brands that support us. And if you're a brand listening to this, we'd love for you to join our supporters program and throw some swag in there to give away to supporters. Cody, we have a conservation club. What's our conservation club? Yeah, the conservation club is kind of like the supporters program for brands. Um, I, we, I want to throw this out there real quick that that I get. We, I've been asked several times in the last almost two years, eighteen months that I've been working for for with for Blood Origins. You know what, Robbie and I. You remember when we traveled around and talked to people about fundraising down there in the in the. Uh, Mississippi and Alabama area, we had multiple people, first of all, very intelligent, very helpful people say to us, you know what you need is you need a real tree or you need a Bass Pro or you need, and 
here's the thing that I love about Blood Origins is we've had those conversations with those types of people who have said, hey, we want to put our name on what you guys do. Um, and with that comes a really big check, right? Like a check that would, that would fund us for a year, probably, you know, 80, 90%. Um, but it's a thing that we kind of, it, it goes against what we want to do. It's no knock on those folks that have offered. We're more than appreciative, but we're not going to do that. It's never going to become insert brand names, blood origins, because there's just zero doubt in my mind and Robbie's mind and Daryl's mind that it pulls from our reputation if a brand owns us. We're not Agreed. for any brand. Um, we're for every brand, which we say that a lot, right? And it, and it I, I think initially that sounds really cheesy. I honestly do. I think like, oh, you're blowing smoke, right? But we're not. I mean, the cool thing is, is you look at coffee companies. We have three right now working on our fourth coffee company that helps us survive. Um, we love all of them. I've drank all of them. We love them all. But those guys get that we're not going to become the XYZ coffee blood origins. They're just supporting us in their small way to keep us moving forward. It's the same reason we rely on our supporters program is we're not going to let a director of marketing at some big brand influence our content in any way. Um, sometimes, sometimes it sucks, right? Like sometimes we turn down checks that would sure as shit make my job of, of the business side of this thing easier. Um, but we're just not going to let some marketing director influence our message in any way. But at the same time, we got to keep the lights on. So that's where the supporters program comes from. That's where the conservation club comes from because we now, I mean, what are we at? I, I don't know the number, but we're at 30 plus members of the uh, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 20, maybe 20 plus. I wish we were 30 plus. Maybe oh, after this roundup, we'll be at 30 plus. We'll get there. But that, that conservation club is a way for brands to put their money where their mouth is and say, we like what you're doing, Blood Origins. We like the honest conversation. We like the way you react so fast. You know, that Mississippi one you just talked about, Robbie, was incredible, but also the California bear hunting band. Um, those are like, those are like proud kind of moments for me with what, and, I, and there was a whole bunch of people involved in that California one, but we were right there next to the leaders of the fight against that idiot in Sacramento wanting to ban bear hunting. Um, and we did it. I think we did it right. We did it with facts. We did it with a quick reaction and we did it with the general public sharing and then commenting and coming together to, to not let a stupid anti-hunting bill be passed. Um, we can't do it without, we can't do it without some dollars, folks. These things that we're doing cost money. Um, Robbie and I, uh, neither one have, have, have made enough money out of this to go on a hunting trip um well let's be let's be let's be honest since we are very authentic and honest here robbie has pulled zero right he's zero more, money he's more noble than me i have made a uh <laughs> i have made a probably minimum wage salary out of this this year totally agree less than minimum wage hourly that is current federal uh, guidelines um, yeah, so, and and we're we're going to keep doing it, whether whether you support us or not. But man, could we do more? That conservation club, is, you know, for as little as fifty dollars a month, a brand can join that conservation club um, and become a part of uh, what's kind of become a pretty cool movement, man. I mean, the things that have happened in the last six months have gone from me telling people I really think this could be something to. Uh, Holy smokes, it's happening in front of your eyes. Yeah, I mean, to brag a little bit, you're currently, you're, you're listening to a podcast right now that is currently ranked the number four outdoors podcast in, in, in the United States and number three in Canada. 
Um, and we did it all grassroots. We did it all. And number 49 in the sports category in the United yeah. States. 49 in sports. And just so you know, six months ago, we were like number 980 in sports. <laughs> um, and we're number, we're number 46, we're number 46 at right now. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to brag about numbers that are in the long run irrelevant, but the proof there is people are listening. Um, and we've done these things. We have these projects, we have these, these bills and legislation that we've pushed against. Again, I don't want to, there was a ton of other people, right? Like the Western bear foundation sportsman's Alliance. We're not, we're not some lone survivor here, but, but we are a part of some things that are actually accomplishing shit. And, uh, it's, it's exciting for me, man, but we couldn't do it without that supporters club and brands joining the conservation club. Um, there you go. I, I talked too long in our plea for money. Carver, let me, let me ask this. How long have you known Cody? Uh, going on 28 years. Okay. Have you ever received, like when you ask him a question, have you ever received just like a one minute, this is what it is type of response? No. And listen, you're either going to get one word from me, right, or a diet, or a diatribe. That let, me, let me throw this out I, to, just to give this give give you this. I, I'll, I'll I'll play both sides on this. Cody once said to me, and I use it all the time now. I, I and I even claim it as it's mine. I plagiarize it. I don't say I get it from anybody, but um, he told me one time he I you know we were talking about something. And he said. I just don't feel like I just don't think that I need to fill the air with noise like, <laughs> because he wasn't talking much, right? Like he's he is he's when he's passionate about something, he absolutely is gonna he, he'll he'll take off. But at the same time, he's also you know he's also one of those kind of people that'll sit back and listen to everybody else mm-hmm. run their mouths, and then you know mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the reasons why he's probably one of my most cherished fucking friends friggin friends sorry about that people friends in the world is is when he speaks there's usually some extreme emotion and thought put into whatever he's saying so Mm -hmm. but yeah he does talk robbie's robbie's not going to believe this because of the situations he's around me in most of the people i know accuse me of being rude for not being a part of conversations and not talking enough that's, well, I think Daryl nailed it on the head in that when you're passionate about something. Yeah, no, I'll dominate the whole fucking conversation if I want to. I don't. I don't that's that, right. I'll. I'll. I'll uh, good Lord, I got on one. Daryl, did you listen to the to the episode that came out Monday where we had the working class bow hunters on? No. Shit, I got in the I got in the whiskey too early, brother, and I got riled up on that one. I mean, those I are really my. Own. I, I listen to the podcasts I listen on my runs. So, and to be honest with you, I've been extremely gluttonous for the last like week. So, no, I well, haven't. You chalk up the, uh, we did an episode. It, 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 when it works out, it will have been released a week before this episode um, with right. uh, working class bow hunters. And I was passionate about the subject anyway. And then to be fair, I should start drinking when Robbie hits record. And that particular night, I was two in when he hit record. Um, I don't. I, I, I stand behind everything I said, but I definitely, for about 10 minutes, didn't give a shit if anybody else wanted to talk. I got on a diatribe and went to town. It was a great diatribe. You could tell when you listened to it, Daryl, and to the listeners when you listened to it, Cody was... There was there was a switch about fifty minutes in. There was a, the last ten minute diatribe. You could you could tell that the source had had risen uh, <laughs> in his eyeballs a little bit. Um, yeah, but no, that's why we like Cody. That's why we like Cody on the podcast. That's why we you know he's got opinions. He's passionate about the opinions. He just like we talked about as he was struggling with audio in the beginning. Cody, we were talking about the platform that we've created here is a platform that people can share opinions that people disagree with and perspectives that you disagree with. And you and I sometimes disagree. And that's the beauty about it is that there's not this, you know, 
dictatorship of thought process in Blood Origins. It could never be that way because we need to be able to think and look and evaluate and understand different opinions and perspectives from all sides of, of the hunting spectrum. Yeah, it's literally the, it's the super simple solution to probably the biggest problem in our country today is a long time ago, I had a podcast slash radio show 15 years ago. It wasn't even really a podcast. We just recorded it and put files on the inner, on the website, right? And I had this saying that I hated that, that I, that to describe the world was I'm right and you're wrong. And 15 years ago, I was saying that's what's wrong with our country is I'm right and you're wrong instead of we just think differently about something. Now, that being said, there's people out there that will latch on to me saying that and call me a pussy for not standing up for what I believe in. There are some things that I'm right and a whole bunch of us are right. And if you, you know, murder is bad, right? Right. If, 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 if you say, no, you should be able to kill who you want. You're an idiot. You're wrong. I'll call you an idiot and I'll stand my ground. But there's a whole bunch of things like drawing a line in the sand on, on what type of bow someone uses and then attacking them for it. It's, it's ignorant, right? And that, that I am right and, and you're wrong philosophy is what, it's what's wrong with America today. Um, not, I, this is also the greatest country in the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm not demolishing the country. But our biggest problem is drawing a line in the sand over an opinion of yours, which makes no damn sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit of how you guys can support us. We have a shop that you can support us. And the scientist has just figured out that Printful just got a little easier. And I'm able to create T-shirts for the globe, for the world, we've had some issues with like trying to get t-shirts made anywhere in the world. We've figured that out now. And we plan in 2022 to be creating some very cool country specific blood origin swag uh, that different countries can buy. Uh, blood four origins years, Scotland. Four years and two months into existence, blood origins may have figured out online shopping. Possibly. <laughs> hey, Possibly. look, no man, this is a, this is a scientist freaking mucking his way through e-commerce <laughs> what do you expect well, the, the weirdness is our our it, the fact that we you know are are more worldwide than some folks in this sector like we have you know we we, we have regular we have regularly have a lot of podcast listeners from 30 plus countries um, and so that's been the detriment is trying to figure out how to economically get a blood origins t-shirt. And then we have some listeners, you know, from your not so commercial, you know, we have folks in Zimbabwe that want a t-shirt and getting that done in a fluid, quick, affordable manner is actually more of a challenge than selling stickers in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that, um, we also have a different sort of uh, administration piece that we like to talk about is that engagement and connection with you who are listening to this. So number one, we are very, very interested in you. We're very interested in our community that's listening to this. Uh, we have in the past, and we still lay that offer out there to the world. If you're interested in being a podcast guest on the Roundup, with us, me and Cody, you would take Carver's position in this. Email us. Email us at info at bloodorigins.com. DM us through Instagram and say, hey, I heard you want Roundup guests. Are you serious? Because I'd love to be one. And you'll get a DM back from us and say, great, we'd love to have you on. Would you be able to do next Wednesday? Some of right, the, Cody? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I'm scheduling them. I'm probably freaking behind on scheduling them. So fire it up. Let's go. Um, the, one of the coolest things about that is nobody, nobody ever believes me when, when they send an email, I'm like, yeah, shit. How about, about we record on Wednesdays. You good this Wednesday. And they're always like, they, they think we're some folks think we're 
a much more sophisticated operation than we really are because they're like are you wait are you serious who are you can you are is this really going to happen nobody believes me until we actually start recording and then they come out but absolutely you can also send us a text if you want to uh 620-860-4804 um and no no shit we'll reply yeah what's that text number again say it slower six two zero what a jackass eight six zero four eight zero four yeah you need to do that again because that was horrible say that one more time for oh us oh my god the phone number is six two zero eight six zero four eight zero four perfect thank you I'll cody I'll text it to you, Robbie, so you can have it. <laughs> so, yeah, text us, uh, email us, info at bloodorigins.com. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you. Um, and, yeah, if you can support us, great. If you can't, the very next best thing, if you have no treasure, is to share the content. Share the content, share the videos, share the infographics, Share the stuff that we post into your communities because what you're doing is you're touching non-hunters that view your stuff, engage on your stuff, and we're changing perceptions in the non-hunting space every single day because of that content. Absolutely. I, I mean, there, there's a there's 100% times when I think the sharing of the content is just as important a thing to us. Like... We, we we definitely need to keep the lights on and the and the and the all the structure behind it going and the filming happening. We we need your support financially, um, but we just as much need you to share the content um, and share it as much as you can in any way that you can outside of the echo cha chamber of other hunters. That's the that's the crucial part of it. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, can I let me throw something? Let me throw something out on that just real quick, just as a food for thought, you know, because obviously if you text Cody on whatever that number was, I don't have to be on these on the, in the evenings, but I, I, I want to jump on the whole, you know, share the content thing. Everybody that I talk to about Blood Origins, most of the people don't know about Blood Origins. They've, they've, they've never heard of it. They've, you know, but, but. But as soon as I share Blood Origins with people, I usually get emails, I get text messages, I get all kinds of response back like, you know, wow, these guys are doing a great job. So you got to share this information with not just your hunting buddies like Cody and, and Robbie said, but your your moms. I mean, everybody, because it's it's information and it's it's data that will absolutely change not just the hunting world, but the non-hunters, right? How they perceive conservation, how they perceive what hunters do for conservation, all of those things. And it will it will continue to prevent people who don't look at both sides of the coin when it comes to a, a situation in the outdoor world that all they want to do is stop hunters or stop people from going into the outdoors or stop fishermen or, you know, whatever the, the, the situation is those people need to be stopped because they have to understand both sides. So just whatever you do, share the content to everybody that you possibly can and let them make those decisions for themselves. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Very, very well said. Um, so it's not like we have any controversial topics to talk about this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so as per usual, Carver, if, if there's if there's a place that you want to start, I don't think there's a bad place to start this week since there's so much happening. Um, and I think we should just touch on a little bit of every single one. We, you know, if we want to dive off in the weeds, we can. But there's a bunch of stuff that's happened this week um, that I think may have been missed on some people's radars. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the article on changing America. The one written by uh, Stephen Chopra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one was a, that was an article that um, made me dive deeper into who he was, and 
and look at a bunch of other articles that that, that gentleman has, has written. Um, I, so give yeah. us a little bit of background to the article and who he is. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the article, the article's um, titled Montana wants to open hunting on grizzly bears. Why is coexistence so hard? Right. Question mark. Um, it's probably easy to, to understand that he, this gentleman who wrote the article takes a hard line stance that is very against um, hunting in general, right? If you, if you dive into, you know, a lot of his other articles, he's got a, he's got a track record. He, you know, he worked in New Mexico um, on some conservation programs down there with, um, with the wolves down there. Um, this article is, you know, specifically is talking about, um, you know, the, the, the area of Montana where the Montana fishing game feel that the, you know, the grizzly bear has recovered to a, to a level that they can, you know, open it up for, um, you know, lethal meaning hunters, you know, get those guys out there to be able to man, help manage the grizzly population in a specific area of Montana. I think the key, the key thing that I took on this, this article was, you know, he, he had some really, really interesting points. But he doesn't have a lot of data, and he and he and he doesn't talk specifics about what Montana's trying to do with these grizzlies, right? Like he's talking Montana in general. He's not talking about a specific area in Montana. Um, and man, I I, I kind of got my hackles up reading the article, and so I had to try to talk myself down off of it and and dive a little bit deeper into the situation and try to figure it out. But but this is an article that I was. Um, I was interested in. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, it says here Stephen Capra is the executive director of Footloose Montana, a nonprofit dedicated to ending trapping on public lands in Montana. So, you know exactly where he stands. He is not pro hunting at all, right? And we've seen the Hill publish these kinds of opinion articles, specifically on um, on trophy hunting. What's the guy that's the trophy hunting guy that publishes on the Hill all the time? Cody, do you remember? Oh, criminy. I was going to say it and you asked me and I lost it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, there's, so there's a couple of them there and, and, and really the guy is a beautiful writer. Number one, right? He right. uses some very, very good language. Outfitters are salivating to kill grizzlies. Um, he uses things like orchestrated, um, effort. He's talking about mothers and three cubs. He's, it's very, uh, poetically uh, waxing throughout the article. But you're right, it doesn't have any data in it. Um, he talks about, you know, here, Montana's embarking on their most insidious plan to date to hunt down grizzly bears, um, failing to mention that it's probably going to be a very, very low tag number. It's going to be very, very regionally specific. Uh, it's going to be very tightly controlled by regulation by the Montana Game and Fish Commission. Um, I think the, the final paragraph is quite telling. It says, it's time for us all to thrive together. I totally agree. I think that humans and wildlife should coexist. They should thrive together. Grizzly bears must be protected. I, I agree. But they, could, they should also be managed. You know, just like wolves. Wolves need to be protected. Wolves also need to be managed. More lands need protection. Couldn't agree with you more. More lands put aside for wildlife means better wildlife in the future, which means better wildlife access for our kids and our grandkids one day. Um, and so he says, coexistence is the answer. It should not be so hard. I agree. Uh, but, I, uh, but I disagree in that I think hunting is a part of their coexistence. Um, I believe hunting as a, as a state management tool for wildlife, regardless of the fact that it's a grizzly bear, because you do the same thing for deer, you do the same thing for elk, you do the same thing for groundhogs. Grizzly bears, yes, it's a it's a it's a piece of charismatic megafauna, just like a lion and a leopard and an elephant. Comes with a bunch of emotions. But it still needs management. Cody? I'm trying to be civil. I love how he cites zero science, right? Like he doesn't even make an attempt to cite quasi-science, but then calls this move lacking in science and biology. Um, 
I don't, I don't, I said this too many times. I said this so many times I sound like an idiot, but I don't understand how you can't grasp that the coexistence of grizzly bears and humans has involved hunting for all but like a 50 year period of history. It's involved hunting. Like as long as there's been grizzly bears and humans in the same place, there's been a healthy amount of fear of humans established in grizzly bears by the humans activity. And, you know, I'm, I'm big on the, on the habitualization aspect of it, that if you give an alpha predator any sense of there's no reason to fear humans anymore, it's not a good thing. Like grizzly bears didn't just randomly stroll through Native American communities 300 years ago. If they came in, they at a minimum got run off. They probably got killed real quick for the resource. Mm -hmm. um, why does? But it wouldn't you agree? But wouldn't you agree that there is a perception around hunting grizzlies because of the prejudice that was put upon them that led to the extirpation? Absolutely. But what kind of a rock do you have to live under to realize that that's not how we hunt in North America anymore? Nor has it been for the last hundred years. Right. Um, Agree. It's, it's just not. It's it's. You know, that's like saying, you know, it, it's just not how it works anymore. And, it, and, it, and it's not something new. It's not something I'm trying to create. How can you not understand that that every animal that's successful in the United, not every, every, every was an exaggeration. Nearly every animal that's been successful over the last hundred years has been managed and, and, cons and the conservation efforts funded by hunting. Right. And if you want there to be more grizzly bears in grizzly bear country in the lower 48, the way to do that is to provide the people an, an opportunity to manage them and a financial value to them. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. If I'm a rancher that's losing cattle, that animal is nothing but a pest to me, right? Now, yeah, but he's getting paid. He's getting paid depredation monies for those cows being taken by grizzlies. Yeah, we can get deep into depredation payments if you want to, because he's getting paid for everyone that a biologist comes out, finds the carcass, and confirms what it was. He's not getting paid for the ones he never finds. He's not getting paid for the ones that they can't de decide what killed it. And, right, that's that's a valid thing. He should be getting paid. If he's not going to get paid, he should have every right to drop it on site. I mean, that's, he has a right to protect his property, but it's, it's, it's not a, Oh, it's okay. Then let there be as many grizzly bears as there wants to in my cattle ranch. That that's not, that's not real. It's the same thing with wolves. It's not a, it's a bandaid to a problem. And, Dehabitualizing them and making them have a healthy fear of humans is another of the many band-aids to the problem. It's 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 not a solution. Hunting doesn't fix depredation. Hunting is just a way to manage the animals and, and install a healthy fear of humans in them. Um, and I hate the you know he brings up the blood-soaked lands of the bison of long ago. Those, those were not hunters as by the definition of what we had today. Those mm -hmm. were market ranchers of buffalo is what they were. They, 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 they were killing the animal to sell and make a profit off of. And when we did away with that in the United States with some, you know, just incredible legislation – believe it would have been the Lacey Act, right? That did away with the, with the commercialization of wildlife. Um, that's not how we do it anymore. And 99% of the pop of the ranching and hunting population wants there to be wolves. 
once right. they're grizzly bears. We just have the sense to realize that that especially apex predators have to be managed um, and they have to be taught a healthy, uh, healthy, a healthy fear of humans or the coexistence is not going to happen. You're going to end up with completely irate people who are losing their livelihood, who do extreme things, not justifying the poisoning of the eight wolves in Oregon, but someone got to that point. We got to the point of eliminating them hundred years ago, less than that with wolves because there wasn't a plan to manage them. Right. And when there's a plan to manage them, that's when this, what's his article say? That's when that's the closest to coexistence we're ever going to get is managing them properly. Right. Right. Let, let, me, let, me, let me, let me throw one thing out that just kind of shift gears. Here's the problem I had with the article. Okay. Cause obviously you're always going to have varying degrees of, of, opinions on a lot of this stuff. But here's my issue with the article, because I read a couple of his other articles that he's written, is he claims that the, for instance, specifically the governor of, of Montana and the Montana fishing game is not utilizing science or they're picking and choosing what science that they are using in order to justify hunting the grizzly bear, right? So he's, he's, He's talking about this science thing, right? And Cody brought that up specifically about the fact that he mm -hmm. references about science, but yet he never in any, not in one of his articles that I, that I read, does he ever give a number or provide any type of data whatsoever that is counter to whatever it is that he's talking about. So what he does is he uses, and you brought it up, Robbie, and again, I'm not bagging on the guy by any means, but. He uses, you know, colorful phrases and, you know, exotic words like a Harlequin romance novel to garner support for what he specifically is trying to, you know, he, he's trying to do this, this, you know, specific author. But he doesn't do mm -hmm. anything for his side that justifies why they shouldn't delist the Grizzlies in a portion of Montana specifically based on the data that shows that they're at a level that they could manage it with hunters. And that's what I have a problem with his with the right. article. Right. Well, if you want any more information on the grizzly bear issue, Go Hunt also has an article titled "Governor Wants to Delist Grizzly Bears in Northwest Montana." Um, go check it out, and uh, yeah, get get familiar with the issue, get familiar with the science, get familiar with the 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 uh, objective put by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service as it pertains to an endangered species being quote unquote recovered. And the population objective of that recovery, because that is going to be the key piece of data that will be used to potentially delist grizzlies in the state of Montana. Moving on to a less controversial topic, wolves. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask this, because I don't think we, we often do this, and I'll take a little bit of liberty here, and ask a question in which I'd like to know your opinion. We posed a question on our Instagram about this specific issue, and um, we put a little bit of an opinion forth, and we asked folks for their opinions. So I'll start with you, Carver. Um, there have been 15 wolves that have been killed on the northern boundary of Yellowstone, uh, Yellowstone being well-known, well-famous for their wolf packs, for attracting ecotourism. There's some phenomenal economic data to show that about $35 million per year is generated by people coming to Yellowstone for the potential of watching a um, a wolf pack and to see wolves in the wild. And the position that we put, or not position, the question we asked is: Would it would it have made sense for Montana in their wolf regulations to institute a buffer around Yellowstone in order not to hunt wolves in that buffer? to potentially reduce the consternation that would arise from outfitters, operators, tourists, yada, 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 that their beloved Yellowstone wolves were being hunted and killed. So you're asking me, do I think Montana should have instituted the buffer? Or how do I Yeah, what do you think about the potential of instituting a buffer around Yellowstone for hunting wolves? Well, I mean, okay, so I'll, I'll take a, 
I'm going to take one side and hopefully Cody takes the other side. I know he's not because Cody knows a little bit more about wolves than, than, than most of us probably have forgotten. Um, but here's my view on it. If, if Montana had created a buffer, let's just say, you know, right around the Northern portion of, of Yellowstone. And what is it? It's 313 and 316. Those are the units, the hunting units in that area for Montana, right? Well, if they create a buffer to prevent outfitters, whatnot, from, you know, trapping is another thing, right? As I, right. You know, and I'm right? In the article, I think one of the key things when is, you know, the verbiage they talk about is drawing the wolves out of Yellowstone, right? Um, right. So what happens after you generate the buffer? You create another buffer in 20 years? Do you add another mm-hmm. buffer in 50 years? So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, no, I don't think a buffer is the right. I, I would not, I wouldn't have, have advocated for a buffer strictly because the park is the park. And, and I think that, you know, once you start laying out, you know, let's move the goalposts a little bit, you know, the, or the, 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 the marker a little bit, it, you, you, you can never stop that because you're constantly going to move it because you're going to always mm-hmm. have advocacy groups from, on both sides trying to move it left and right. And so I think the key is, is to keep the park what it is and everything outside of that. I think at that point, you know, it's, it's going to end up coming down to where I, and I'm a firm believer. It comes down to science, right? It comes yep. down to the numbers. It comes down to the data. I'm not pro, I'm not against it. You know, I, I just think that, that if you're going to say, let's look at the science, then you can't ignore the science. If it, if it doesn't suit your agenda. And so that, that's yeah. the side that I would take. A lot of a lot of people said the same thing you did. They were like, it'll be almost like death by a thousand cuts. We'll give four miles, then they'll want another four miles, and they'll want another eight miles kind of deal. Uh, one of the things that you may not be aware of is that a lot of the wolf packs in Yellowstone are do free range out of the park. They have uh, very large home ranges that extend out of the park themselves. Uh, one of the commenters made a very good point in that to Cody's point around grizzlies is that with hunting pressure comes essentially human pressure and animals adapt to human pressure. And as such, wolves would probably adapt their home ranges uh, tied to the pressure on on the boundary itself. Um, One of the things that I thought about, uh, put it in the African context, is sort of elephants, right? Elephants in Kruger National Park. Elephants in Kruger National Park don't have free roam to leave the park. They're constrained within the park, essentially. Now, different scenario, high fences, you know, keeping animals inside the national park, not letting them go outside, because if they go outside, they get hunted, they get poached, they get eaten, they get removed because of human-wildlife conflict. Happens everywhere in the world. Uh, But it's probably impossible and would be against the ethos of animal movements to put a big high fence on the northern side of, of Yellowstone. Cody, I'm interested. What's your what's your opinion on the buffer zone? It I don't. I mean, I think the park is the buffer zone, right? I I think I think I'm, I'm in the an park agreement. is the buffer zone. Yeah, the park is where we stay out of, right? It's, I, don't, I don't know that this is much. Oh, different. okay, okay, okay. I don't know that this is much different than the Mississippi duck argument. Why, why, why do you get, you know, I'll take a more aggressive approach to it. What Yellowstone is, is a, is a big chunk of ground that we can't hunt. And I'm okay with that. Right. I love the park. I would sometimes wish there was a way that I could enjoy the park instead of being in a traffic jam 90% of the time, but the park is a great idea but why, why, why take away more? Why take away more options? It's just a argument to. I really wish this article said the exact locations, right? Like, because they could have been thirty miles away from the park and still in that unit, um, or or more, knowing Montana's wildlife um, management units, but. I'm, I'm, I'm totally opposed to, there's already some restricted areas. 
Um, Daryl and I hunted um, in Idaho this year in a unit that butted up against the park. And there was a, not in the park, but a whole gap that you couldn't go into that was close to the park, but you couldn't hunt. Right. And, and I, I don't, I, it, it is. It's Which is a, essentially a buffer zone, right? Right. Yeah. There, there's some other things going on there in that unit with some private land. And then they just carved out a chunk that you couldn't hunt. Um, but I don't, it, it, it seems like a really weak effort it, it's, it's just an anti-hunting ploy in my opinion is, is what it is you know let's let's move it let's creep it along a little bit right like there's no doubt that that's what happened with the washington spring bear hunting there's no doubt that's what they were trying to do with the california bear hunting um was let's just chip away at this and i don't know how you could ever find a happy agreeable point and why not just preserve the park, keep the park the way it is? You know, honest to God, if these people really wanted the Yellowstone wolves and grizzly bears to quit being screwed with, if they actually wanted to make a difference in these animals' lives and population, they'd start a petition to outlaw motor vehicles in the park, right? Like that would be a thing that would actually be good for these animals is to outlaw mm -hmm. vehicle traffic in the park. Um, um, Steve Rinella talks about it should be turned into a wilderness area. Um, you know how much better and more natural those animals' lives would be and they would prosper and nature would actually balance itself out. Um, th those are the type of things that they should go after instead of claiming that a buffer zone around the park is a good idea right it's it's not a that's a ploy to make these wolves something that there aren't they don't want to just come out and say that wolf hunting in montana should be outlawed so they found a more politically political way to state it robbie let me throw this out real quick you know and cody kind of brought it up this is the way i look at this you know i spent i spent 25 years in the marine corps and I, and I look at our hunting privileges very much the way I looked at the standards that Marines held, right? And I used to talk to young Marines all the time, right? Because they would ask me questions, you know, hey, Sergeant Major, why, why, do, you know, why do you enforce this and why do you enforce that? And I always, I always I'd, I'd give this analogy. I said, look, look at the Marine Corps as this big granite stone that sits in the middle of some room, right? And every mm -hmm. time a Marine doesn't do the right thing, somebody takes a chip on that thing and a little chunk of it falls away, right? And sooner or later, you're no longer have that stone out there. And it was all because of a bunch of little tiny things. And our right, privileges, right. you know, our privileges to hunting, I look at it the exact same way, right? Which is why I am so passionate about what Blood Origins does when it comes to the fact that you fight for Mississippi. You're fighting for Washington. We're we're trying to prevent things in New Jersey. We're working on Montana, like all, and we're looking across the globe, right? It's not just in the United right. States, because at the end of the day, it, these little chips, right? Washington loses their spring bear hunt, and you know we're going to add a buffer on the north end of the Yellowstone, and, and at the end of the day, you're you're going to end up with no hunting privileges. And it's, mm -hmm. and, and, and the problem is, is it's, it's so slow that most people don't see it happening. And it's a lot like your freedoms nowadays, right? You, you lose little things here and there until you find out that you don't have your freedoms. And there's a lot of countries out there right now through this whole COVID thing that are realizing that right now that, you know, it's the little things that, that you chip away at them a little bit at a time. And, 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 and then the next, you know, you wake up in the morning and you can't go hunting in montana anymore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well um let's final let's let's put bring one more topic to the table uh there's actually two I'll, I'll just quickly uh discuss one and then move on to the last one which i want to deal with which is not in america uh but there was an article today or actually several probably a dozen to a dozen articles now of the first confirmed wolf kill of a cow in the state of Colorado, 
if you will remember this time last year uh or no earlier was it earlier this year cody yeah it was earlier this year uh, a ballot initiative got passed in the state of colorado very very tight 2020 2020 2020 uh ballot initiative will pass 51.49% 51% to reintroduce wolves into the state of Colorado in which though the scientists and the biologists said that we already have wolves in the northeast section of northeast or northwest section northwest I believe northwest northwest corner and uh, today it was confirmed that the first wolf kill ever of a cow occurred in the state of Colorado uh, so go check it out first wolf kill in 70 years there was wolves that's right that's right sorry yes yes you're right in, for 70 years so go check it out. Uh, there's certainly wolves on the landscape in Colorado and the idea that uh, reintroduction will occur um, and there are, is already an existing wolf pack is an interesting um, turn of events. And here's the other thing that I don't haven't seen much press about, Cody, and I let you know this out of the, um, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation that Colorado passed a law that uh, the, the Game and Fish Department was not allowed to use any wildlife-related funding, hunter-led funding, PR dollar funding, in the reintroduction of wolves. Yeah, and I, uh, I've i said this a thousand times, and I, I hate making assumptions, and I always say that right before I make an assumption, but the, they're trying to break the tie. They're trying to break the tie for hunting being a management tool um, for that and here really quickly on Colorado if if you're if you're in Colorado and you're listening to this and you're pissed off about the wolf situation it's straight up time to get over the fact that they're going to reintroduce wolves and start paying attention to our options on how we're going to manage them okay we're going to have wolves moving forward it really looks like the last number i saw was was a goal of 60 breeding pairs. That's too many wolves for the Western half of Colorado because they're all going to be on the West side of the continental divide. Shirk off how pissed off you are about this being forced down people's throats and start grouping together for how we're going to fight to make sure we have a chance to manage them. We're, We're beyond the point of are they going to introduce wolves? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm with you. I think the way this happened was horrible. Um, I think it would be cool as hell if over the next three decades, we let wolves naturally progress down, which they're going to, and set up a way to manage them. But it's time to stop being mad that it happened and start organizing for how we're going to manage them. Because that's going to be the next, the next fight is how are we going to manage them? Yeah, well said. Well said. Well, look, we're over an hour already into this roundup, and uh, the topic uh, that I've got we can hold until next week. It's a it's a pretty good one. Uh, so we'll keep that for next week. Cody, Daryl, any last words? Any last thoughts um, pre Christmas and talking to people post Christmas? Yeah, it's been a it's it's been a badass year, man. It's been a cool damn year. Um, to be a part of Blood Origins and see the things that are happening and see like see the things that when we put it together right, when we put it together in a cordial and gentlemanly way with a with a with a weird South African accent, the things that we can actually accomplish, the things that we're not just we're not just entertaining people. We've we've pulled off some really, really cool things. And to me, the coolest thing in the growth is that people are proving to us that they want to hear this. Some people, not everyone, we have, we have some haters, but people are proving to us that they want to hear this message and, uh, and uh, help us out by sharing the content, help us out by telling people about it. Um, we'll keep uh, informing you and having civil conversations about things as long as you keep telling people they should listen to us. Perfectly said. Carver? Yeah, I don't really have much to say. I I mean, if I was a little bit um, less emotionally stable, I would take offense to the fact that you guys are always trying to put other people on here except me. But um, 
but but literally, I mean, honestly, hopefully you get other people to come and, and, and be on this because I listen to the podcast when I'm running. And so I need more content. So, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to some of the, the some great people that you guys bring on to the roundup. Um, they, 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 they bring so much more to the table than I do by any means. So um, and, and I'm just glad that I get to hang out with you guys and drink some whiskey and shoot shit every once in a while and, and uh, you know, be a part of Blood Origin. So, no. Hey, if you're, you're going to be at Shot, SCI, Dallas Safari DS, Club, or DSC, find, like, seriously, come, come tell us what you want us to do different, do wrong. We're going to be there walking around. We won't have a booth at anyone, but we'll probably have – something on us that says blood origins on it come tell us um what you think of what we're doing what uh okay here's one more plea let me throw this plea out and see how wrong this freaking goes for us we want suggestions of conservation projects in the united states now exactly i don't want anyone outside of the united states to take that wrong because we, we want those as well but we 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 run into more resistance finding them in the United States than I thought we would. So same way, DM us on Instagram, email info at bloodorigins.com or text us at 620-860-4804. And uh, I would love to have some crowd-generated ideas of conservation projects that we should get behind in the United States over the next uh, months or next year. Absolutely. We actually just got pinged by one uh, out of the state of Arizona that we're quite excited about. Really cool. Um, We'll let let everyone know about that in in early January. Well, Merry Christmas, boys. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you all have a great Christmas and you've had a great Christmas. And uh, yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Oh, that's awesome! Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.